Hi, my name is Jackie. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 8. I play hard because that's how I do everything. I always push myself to be the best that I can be. Type 1 diabetes does not stop me from doing the things that I like to do. Hello and welcome to Teen 1D, the podcast for teenagers and young adults living with type 1 diabetes. The podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medicine advice or treatment. My guest for today is Adrian Fit. Hi, Adrian. Welcome to Teen 1D. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is actually Adrian Abedfit. So a little bit about me. I am uh, a master public health graduate. I work for county government right now, and I've been type 1 diabetic for about six years. I am in a good place mentally, so I've am been very active in the JDRF community and trying to give back to other type ones uh, looking for support and resources. How old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 22. I just moved out of my parents uh, maybe like six months before. And then, yeah, I got slapped with that diagnosis. How did the diagnosis affect you considering that you were just moving out? You know, it was very difficult in the beginning. Um, I'm African-American, so I, I have a lot of family members with type two. And so they didn't understand that I had type one. And it was a lot of learning on their part and kind of understanding how my condition is different from theirs and that they're both valid. It's just, we treat it differently. And I was completing my bachelor at the time too. So it was emotionally draining. I definitely had to reach out to different type one and non-type one resources to kind of get my mind right and get better at diabetes management. But um, overall, I feel like it was a good learning experience because it brought me on the path I am today. So what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, In my free time, I consider myself like a jack of all trades person. I like to do a little bit of everything. It really depends on... honestly what my hyperfixation is at the moment. I love to I love to read. I um, love to draw, sometimes do gaming with the Sims. I worked in the wine industry for a little while. So I like to go wine tasting and learn from, you know, winemakers and sommeliers about different wines. And I enjoy swimming, cycling. Yeah, a little bit of kind of a little bit of everything. I'm willing yeah, to try yeah. new things as well. <laughs> what did you study when you were in college? Um, I got my bachelor's degree in women's studies and psychology. Um, women's studies I I like to say gender studies because people hear women's studies like oh so you just studied women for four years like no like we tackled the concept of gender and sexuality and through the lens of you know history and science and art um and then psych I got my A in psychology and realized that I, I I liked it but I wasn't sure I wanted to major in it as like my bachelor's so impacted here in California. So I decided to just minor in it and then do the gender studies as my main focus. And then I recently got my master's in public health in 2020. Cool. Did you know that you were interested in these areas when you started college or did you just find them along the way? Uh, Gender studies I found along the way. So I I went to Sacramento State and I originally, like I said, was a psych major, realized how impacted it was. Um, But I knew I wanted to be in health in some aspect. I didn't I didn't want to be a doctor, didn't want to be a nurse, but I wanted to help people because I like people. I'm interested in how people's brains work, how they make decisions, yada, yada. So I was pursuing biology for a little while, but bio is also very intense, very competitive, and I'm not very good at chemistry, I've learned. I've taken it <laughs> so many different times, so different tutors, different resources, and I just could not 
pass. So bio was looking like a, a no for me. And then I got diagnosed with type one and I could not handle the course load at all, you know, and for people who have majored in very scientific oriented majors, you know, there's a lot of math, there's a lot of tests and studying. And while I'm a good test taker, I'm a better writer. And so I wanted to pursue a major where I felt like I could capitalize on a skill I already have. Um, Cause I, you know, I was dedicating a lot of my brain power to managing diabetes. And so I didn't feel like I could put in the work required to study for the math oriented exams. So I wanted to put my efforts into more writing-based studies. And that's how I found gender studies. And it's a bachelor of science. So there's still a lot of like science-oriented classes, but I got to hone a skill I was already pretty good at. And I was able to manage my diabetes better because I didn't have to work as vigorously in the test-taking department. So now that you're out of college, what are you doing as a um, As I said, I, I work for uh, Sacramento County government, um, currently child support services. I help the child support officers essentially locate parents who owe a debt to the parent that's taking care of their child. I'll help locate their address, their current employer, any health insurance benefits, and make sure that the parent that's taking care of the kid has the financial and socioeconomical resources to, you know, thrive and survive in life. Right now, I'm currently waiting for an interview for health education in the Department of Health and Human Services, because that's what my passion is, is educating people about, you know, day-to-day health things, I guess. Um, And I am eventually going to get certified in diabetes education. So this county, this child support services position is kind of um, a stepping stone to where I want to be government in the future yeah have you ever encountered anyone when in your work with type one not type one at my work no my experience meeting other type ones has been like finding people on facebook networking with jdrf literally every other resource except work (laughs) and i and i uh it's been hard well it was hard in the beginning because you know I tell my employer i have diabetes and i have to have my blood sugar meter yada yada and they just assume it's type two And at that point, it was very exhausting to have to explain to people that I didn't want to work for anyway. It was just a job that, you know, I have a condition that you don't understand and I'm going to need you to understand if you want me to work here kind of thing. So when did you get involved with JDRF? Um, I've been involved with them on and off since the beginning. I went to one of their uh, conferences in the beginning when I first got diagnosed. It was my parents and my fiance. No, actually, it was my boyfriend at the time. He went with us to kind of learn more about type one and the research and finding a cure and just overall management. But at that time, I realized that I, JDRF wasn't offering something I could handle mentally. You know, I was being pulled in so many directions of school and my health and my parents. And uh, so after that conference, I think it was like, um, I took a break for a while because I, I needed to go to therapy and get more um, in tune with my needs and develop better coping mechanisms. So I recently got back into it last year during COVID and I joined the outreach program and the YLC chapter. So what kind of activities do these JDRF groups provide? So the outreach volunteer program, um, basically, we get paired with newly diagnosed type ones or their parents. So when you get diagnosed with type one, they, depending what hospital you're at, you get, you know, a packet of information and you can check and you want to get paired up with someone to 
help you with the diagnosis process with management and coping. So if they check that box, then JDRF, depending on where that location is, pairs those patients with appropriate outreach volunteers. Not unfortunately, but just kind of the fact of the matter, most type ones get diagnosed as children. And so the parents normally want to talk to other parents of type one. Um, there's not as, as many people who get diagnosed with type one at my age, which was 22. So I've only had one volunteer patient so far, but I'm looking forward to, you know, staying with, sticking with it and getting partnered with hopefully a teen one day and who I can help with that process. Cause I know it is a difficult, difficult diagnosis and a difficult life changing situation. Yes. But I um, think it would be really rewarding just to help people the way that you're doing it. Oh yeah, it's, it is. I, I love it. I knew I couldn't do it a couple of years ago when I was working on myself, but now that I feel like I'm in a better place, I'm enjoying it immensely. And then YLC is the young leaders committee for youth leaders committee. Excuse me. We have have monthly calls where we talk about different type one topics. I know this past month we talked about traveling with type one. We've had uh, guest speakers do um, leading exercise like yoga and Pilates. We've spoke with different entrepreneurs who are working with CGMs and closed loop systems to better increase blood sugar management. So it's been really fun engaging with type ones and like essentially leaders in type one communities to spread knowledge and resource and a sense of community. Yeah. What do you like most with your involvement with JDRF? I feel like everyone understands. One of the, when I was applying to be an outreach volunteer, they said, you know, sometimes when you get paired with someone, it might not be the best time for you, you know, and they don't want us to take on patient volunteers when we're not right with ourselves, you know, so there's a lot of great transparency there that if we need to take a break or a volunteer isn't working right now, we can email our chapter lead and let them know. And that's no problem. They'll get paired with someone else. And when you have type one, you face a lot of people who don't understand. And it's nice that JDRF obviously understands from day one. So right now with COVID, are the majority of JRF events held in person or are they held virtually? I know that you mentioned your call, uh, which all- is obviously virtually held, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> in general, are they virtual or in person? They have been virtual uh, since last year, yes. I know the one walk in October is also going to be virtual, even though mask mandate and social distancing has essentially been lifted. Um, it's still going to be virtual, I think, until the foreseeable future. We'll see what happens in 2022. And I think because there's great platforms like Zoom and Slack and, you know, Google Workplace, we're able to connect better with people who don't have the opportunity to meet in person. You know, so I think there'll always be virtual events from here on out, um, but hopefully we'll have some in-community events uh, starting next year. And just a little bit back on you in general, do you use um, a pump or shots or a closed loop yourself? Uh, I use a pump. I'm currently on a tandem right now and I use the Dexcom CGM Uh, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I love the Dexcom personally. (laughs) Have you ever had any uh, type 1 related issues while you've been at work? Yes, I've had plenty of lows, plenty of highs. I found out when I got this job because normally I carry the emergency glucagon pen in my purse. And I told my supervisor that if you find me like passed out or like seizing or something, it's probably because I have low blood sugar and I'm going to need someone to, you know, inject me with my glucagon pen. And they can't do that due to liability reasons. So the only thing they can do is when they call 911, they can tell them, hey, she has this thing in her purse when you get here. So I'm like, okay, cool. Awesome. So (laughs) 
so I, I, I try to, I always make sure to be really diligent with my blood sugar management, but you know, mistakes happen. It's not an exact science as much as endos and nutritionists like to think it is, but never anything. I've never had to go to the emergency room, never had to be, you know, airlifted or evacuated. Um, but just dealing it with myself at my own desk has been the, uh, the main thing I've been doing. Yeah. Have you experienced any positive outcomes from having type one or just being diagnosed? Positive. <laughs> um, it's okay if you say no. You know, I mean, I think it's made me more aware of people who are different in general. You know, I feel yeah. like when we think of diabetes, you think of type two, you know, it's just, that's the default. That's what you mean. That's what uh, you mainly get diagnosed with. And, you know, you don't even hear about type one diabetics. So it's made me realize that there are people with illnesses, chronic illnesses out there that no one knows about. And because no one knows about them, you know, our rights sometimes get infringed. You know, we don't have the best rights at work. We don't get disability insurance. You know, we have to fight our doctors for a diagnosis. So I think the positive thing is I feel like it's made me a better advocate for myself. And it's made me a better advocate for people who are in similar situations that I am. And if I can help someone have a better experience than I did, then that's a pat on the back for me. Because it's really hard when you just don't know. Yeah. And for our last two questions, I'm going to ask the same two questions that I ask all of our guests in our podcast. First of all, what TV show are you watching right now or one that you would like to recommend? Oh, right now. I am finishing up Lucifer on Netflix, actually. It used to be a show on Fox, I believe, um, but Fox canceled it and it eventually hopped onto Netflix for the final season. I love it. The uh, Lucifer is played by um, Tom Elson, I believe his name is. And it's a really nice spin on who the devil is. And there's some uh, detective work and crime. And it's really funny. And it's a really diverse cast of people. I love it. I'm, I'll be sad when I finish it up. But I definitely recommend if you're looking for a fun outlet to, to veg out to. I definitely will get that in a look. I have a friend who's been wanting me to watch that for a while now. Really? Yeah, it's so good. You have to. (laughs) Okay. And as our final question is, do you have any advice for teenagers out there with type one? Yeah. um, It's the small victories that count. You're going to have bad days. You're going to be pissed off at your endo. I'm 28 and I'm pissed off at my endo. You know, that there's some things that aren't going to go away, unfortunately, but you're going to have little victories and those little victories are going to get you through each day. And there's always someone who is there to help. It may not be immediate family if you are don't have the best connections with your family and friends, but there are so many people with type one who want to help other type ones, me included. It gets easier and you're not alone. That's all for today. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, or just want to say hi, don't hesitate to reach out. You can email me at teen.teen1d at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at teen1dpodcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review as it really does help me out. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to tune into next week's episode. Have a great week. We'll see you then. Bye.